It's 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and cannot fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish, childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Lord Jesus, may your love rain down on us today. May we know your Lordship in the midst of all the craziness that is going on. May we know your Lordship, may we know your love. Andy's going to come and speak to us this morning. We're starting um, a three-part series on relationships. Uh, today's character, and then the next two weeks are communication and... Commitment. As I thought. Commitment. So uh, why don't we pray for Andy. Lord Jesus, thank you for Andy. Thank you for his leadership uh, amongst us. And we pray this morning um, for all of us that um, you really speak to us exactly where we're at. We pray for Andy, um, for wisdom, and just that he will be fantastic this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So good morning, and uh, it's what a week for politics. Um, I put this slide up when I thought, yeah, integrity, trust, loyalty, been pretty demolished by certain politicians in the last uh, few days. Um, anyway, um, it's not just out there. We also struggle with them in our own hearts and our own lives as well. And it's interesting that the word character, which we're, we're looking at today, um, was, a, was a top word back in the 19th century. It peaked, apparently, in its usage. And there were characters like Abraham Lincoln, who was a, a politician renowned for modelling integrity and for honesty um, and character and all of that. But apparently through the 20th and into the 21st century, our use of the word character has kind of dwindled uh, a little bit. So that the people of the 19th century, they had a focus on self-sacrifice um, as something to, to pursue in lives. But we've sort of moved towards uh, more of self-realisation. Um, in, as we've moved forward. We've moved from a place of developing nobility of heart 
as it were, to developing personality and image and those external things um, that uh, people, we want people to perceive about us. Uh, someone said this, who has time for boring character which gets in the way of an egocentric life? Um, but as we look at relationships in this series, we, we want to start, and we're going to start by looking at character, because good character traits are essential uh, in our relationships. They're essential for our self-esteem, and they're actually essential for a sense of life satisfaction um, as well. They are uh, the linchpin, if you like, of a healthy society, and uh, well as they may not be very popular, uh, a pursuit to things to pursue in life, Character, developing character is actually one of the most satisfying things and uh, emotionally healthy endeavours that we can undertake uh, in our lives. Even the world uh, reports a lot on character and here's just a few things that they say as I've been reading around. The benefits of character, um, it attracts trust from people and respect from people. Um, it allows you to influence people in positive ways. Uh, good character changes your, your perspective about failure uh, in life, or as we might perceive failure. It sustains us through those difficult times, those challenging times. It improves our, our sense of self-esteem, our sense of self-respect, and our confidence uh, in life and in relationships. It is a foundation for healthy relationships. It helps us stay to those values that we are committed to, um, and it improves even our chances of success in the workplace um, and in our workplace relationships and endeavours that we might be involved in. So lots of benefits even in the world's eyes, even today in the 21st century. But this passage that Andy's read to us um, is, uh, is a passage that speaks very powerfully. Um, it is a stunning passage, even though it has great familiarity to many of us uh, from the New Testament. But it highlights three great pursuits of the Christian life. Faith, hope and love. And uh, there are many ways to approach these three, but I want to try and kind of look at how they relate together this morning and how they motivate character growth uh, in our lives. And the first of those is faith, because we, this is our starting point. We believe and have faith in a God of love, um, as we've looked at already and discussed and prayed for and shared. It's our starting point because it fuels um, our life. It fuels, uh, it's the source of power in our life, it's the point of connection, it's the point of plugging in to a God of love, a God of character that actually fuels that character within us. As we've said, he is a good, good God um, and that's our starting point. And then hope, whereas faith is more about potentially the past than up to the present, hope is definitely about the future. And it's the hope that there is something better. There's a hope that there is a, a, um, a of heaven's love that draws us through this life um, um, towards something which is better than we often experience in this life. And we find ourselves in the middle of that to live a life of love, called, if you like, to live that life of love, loving God, loving others, because it's fueled by our faith in a God of love and it's drawn by a hope in heaven's love. And so perhaps the, the defining question for our lives might be this, how much love can God produce in your heart? How much love can God produce in your heart? And if it was just left to us, we would fail. But it is God's ability to transform us by his spirit in our lives. So firstly, fueled by faith in the God of love. We come to a God who is defined as love. One John speaks of that. He is the source of love. He's the source of all that is good and he's the source of everything that is good character-wise. 
Um, he is the source of relationship. He's a three-in-one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father loves the Son, loves the Spirit, loves the Father. He is relational even in who he is. And uh, he opens up that circle of relationship, that circle of fellowship, and invites us to the table, he invites us, come and enjoy this relationship that, that I already have, um, this great mystery, and yet this relational God. Romans 5 tells us, verse 5, that God pours out his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. And so we come as people who have no knowledge of God to become people who have head knowledge of God, but also who come people who have heart knowledge of God because he pours out his Spirit into our lives. And what is the fruit of the Spirit of God? It's love, Galatians chapter 5. And then we have these other character qualities, which are really like... Um, uh, an expression of love. If you look at each one of them, they're just different expressions of love. You know, peace and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. It's like, it's like the white light um, being split into its spectral colours of a rainbow. You know, all those different colours that come out. So it is with love here. It's kind of split into different aspects um, and different uh, expressions of that. All of them character qualities <coughs> that are given to us, that are grown in us because we have relationship with this God of love, because we have faith in this God. We have this new nature. As Christians, as believers, we're given this godly nature which then begins to unfold, the nature of God in our hearts and in our lives. And so I am forever changed, but I am also forever being changed. And it starts with faith. But it also moves on because I, I was also drawn by the hope of heaven's love. You know, we look ahead to a world where sin is no more. Maybe we can't imagine that. A place where selfishness is no more, where stepping on other people no longer exists, where there is no injustice. Okay, an incredible place where sin is done away with completely, the hope of heaven restored to God's original intention. And it's a place where love shines so brightly that they don't need the sun anymore. Okay, the glory of God is enough to light it up. Okay, can we even imagine a place like that? An age when we see God face to face, as Paul says in verse 12, where the things of our character and of our love will be rewarded um, as we experience what life was always intended to be like. And it's a certain hope. It's not just a, a hopeful hope. And we were sharing at one of the prayer gatherings you know this um, picture that was it was, a, it was a funeral and there was a preacher preaching and there was a, a BSL signer um, and he's talking about hope as you often do at funerals and the signer was using the cross fingers sign um, and as it went on he began to realise he was actually preaching about the Christian hope and he changed the sign from, from that to, to that which is a rock which is a certain hope okay? maybe that's why we, some people pray like that I don't know but it's, it's we have this certain hope this rock of hope that we come to. And so we find ourselves fueled by faith, dr drawn by hope to live a life of love um, because love is the greatest of these. The greatest of these is love, he says. And we need all of that. And love started from the very beginning. Love continues all the way through our lives and it will be consummated and beyond. Love goes on from forever to forever. It is always there and it will never stop. It goes on forever. And so how much love can God produce in our heart? And um, just this week, uh, Birmingham has uh, launched the campaign, uh, hashtag love your neighbour. 
And it's a response to uh, the, some of the recent uh, racist attacks, some of the xenophobic um, actions that we've observed and been reported across uh, some communities uh, following the EU referendum and all of the, the debate and vote and all of that. And we commend this to you. Some details and outlook about it. Um, there's some banners going up across the city, um, outside churches, outside schools, hopefully, um, and even mosques and just different community groups getting behind this for the sake of Birmingham, for the sake of community cohesion um, across all of this. Love your neighbour. And uh, you can hashtag love your neighbour if something happens. You can, um, you can put it on there um, and, uh, and get involved. There's some uh, posters you can download, stick in your window. Again, details now with some stickers at the back if you want them and uh, lots of ways that you can get involved in that. But it's a, an ex a desire to express our desire to love all people in our community and across our city. Uh, when I first became a, a Christian, um, I was away with a, a group of sort of 18 to 30 kind of crowd. And we're away for the weekend, and I was, we were given this one question to answer. And it was, with, is if God could do anything in your life, what would you ask him to do? I was like, a big question. And uh, we had basically the most of the weekend to ponder this question. And I didn't really know my Bible that well, but I, I knew this passage and I was drawn to this passage, faith, hope and love. And it says the greatest of these is love. And when you read that, it's quite difficult to draw yourself away to anything else. You think, well, if the greatest thing is love, surely that is what I've got to ask for. Um, and it seems a fairly simple answer. And that was it really. I thought, well, I want Jesus to give me or to grow in me something of this love. To make my heart bigger um, seems to be his intention, so I'll ask for that. I felt a little bit stupid, aged 20, 21, asking for that. But if I'm honest, it seemed thoroughly biblical, made a lot of sense. So that was that. And many of you know I, I moved to Birmingham and I was living with international students. And we had a lot of joys together and we had a lot of challenges together. We had a lot of relational and cultural issues to work through and to negotiate together. And I found myself often at the centre of those negotiations, um, trying to move our flatmates forward peaceably um, in all of that. We had a lot of fun too. We ate a lot of interesting foods and had a great time. But people had their ups and downs. They had health issues, ups and downs. They had family issues. They had course issues. And there was all sorts of needs and, and things that, that we faced uh, together. But at the end of that year, I got a card from one of them. And um, I couldn't find it this morning, but um, it was a card that basically said something like, Dear Andy, thank you for all the love that you've shown me this year. And as a new Christian, that was just a brilliant confirmation for me at that point that God was answering the prayer I prayed, that God did want to grow something of that in our lives. It was totally unexpected, but just a, a helpful sign. Because God is doing something in each of our lives. And it is all about character. It's all about character. All the challenges that we face, it's all about God growing things in our hearts and in our lives. And so Paul writes about love in 1 Corinthians 13 and he tries to put some definition around it. Now it's probably worth reminding ourselves that um, in the Greek, there's, we have one word for love, but actually they had lots of words. There was at least four, probably more, but here are four of their words. And the word Paul is using here is the agape word for love. And agape was an unconditional love. It was a sacrificial love. It's a love that comes with stickability. Um, it's, it's the love of charity, where charity gives with no strings attached, unconditional. And it's God's love for us. It's God's love for you, is that agape 
love. Nothing expected in return. There's also um, eros, which is primarily about romantic love, and we know about that. Philia is about friendship, and that side-by-side kind of love. Uh, Loyalty, um, but it requires familiarity. It requires you getting to know someone, a bit of friendship in there, um, perhaps enjoying an activity together. And so it tends to lean towards our preferences and towards our tastes. Um, but we know about friendship. And then storge, I think that's how you pronounce it. And this is a love and affection that you find in a family. You know, parents and children, um, members of a community, um, that family loyalty that we experience, that inherent love that we have, um, the way we stick with one another. It might be the love you have for your country uh, or for your favourite football team or sports team. That's what the word is there. But the word Paul is using is the agape word. And it is not a feeling. It doesn't depend on feelings at all. It completely is an act of the will. It's a choice to choose to love. It's a character stuff word. And so we read here of eight things that love isn't and eight things that love is. And I just want to run through these fairly quickly. Eight things that love isn't. It isn't envious. Um, Envy is often written about with her sister, malice. Uh, Envy causes inward pain when others succeed. Um, Malice generates slander and unwarranted criticism. But both of them hinder good and promote evil. Second and thirdly, it isn't boastful and it isn't proud. Instead, it's full of humility. Uh, Here's a definition I came across of humility. Confident, yet with a modest opinion of your own self-importance. You don't see yourself as too good for someone or for people or for a situation. Um, you're always willing to learn. You always have a growth mindset. I've not, I've not got it all right yet. Humility in there. Not boastful, not proud. It isn't rude. Instead, it's respectful. Treating others with courtesy, with kindness. Being civil to people. And it's a sign of, of our, our value that we put on people. The value of worth that we put on others. Um, and that ability to accept the inherent flaws that each of us has. It's a willingness to learn skills of politeness, perhaps in another culture, or in another class, or in a situation that we're unfamiliar with. You know, maybe we don't do it like that, but for the sake of them, I'm going to learn what does politeness look for them. It's respectful. It isn't self-seeking, but instead love is generous. Love freely and willingly gives time and effort and energy and words and practical provision without the expectation of getting something back. And very often we, that's done with joy as well. Love isn't easily angered, but it makes that conscious, intentional decision to let go of resentment, to let go of anger towards someone, whether or not they seek forgiveness. Seventhly, it isn't a record keeper of wrongs. This is probably one of the hardest ones. Okay, this is particularly hard in relationships. You know, you know what happens, you know, something annoys you, something frustrates you, something blocks a goal that you have, but you know what, you're not easily angered, tick, you know, got that one right, I'm self-controlled, tick, very good, but it's been noted, it's gone on the list, it's gone on the list, and, um, and then another one, and then another one, and then another one, and then one day, somebody does one little thing, and out comes the list. It comes out in its, all its glory. 
And, um, and yet we have a God who chooses not to remember our sins. Okay? He chooses to put them behind his back. He chooses to trample them under his foot and, and remember them no more. Um, and actually the only list we need to get out at that point is not our list of someone else's wrongs, but is this list. It's the 1 Corinthians 13 list that we need to read through. And it doesn't delight in evil. That speaks for itself. The next eight things are things that love is. To love is patience. You know, we get so frustrated when things are delayed. For me, it's traffic lights, it's traffic queues, it's tailbacks, it's deliveries, uh, most queues, in fact, slowness of others. Um, Liverpool, I'm thinking of going to Liverpool, actually. Liverpool now has a pavement for fast walkers only. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're not allowed to look at your mobile phone. No ditherers allowed. Okay, city centre like that, that's, that's heaven for some people, isn't it? Not for others. Okay, but to learn patience, we've actually got to subject ourselves to things that we struggle with. Okay, that's how you learn patience. You have to join some cues you don't want to join. You know, we need to see some of these things as development opportunities uh, for the thing of patience in our lives. And patience in one area helps us grow patience in our, our relationships as well. Uh, the film Men of Honour, um, some of you might know it, is one of the most inspirational films on patience. There's a scene in it in particular. And uh, it's the story of the true story of Carl Brashear, who became the first black American master diver in the US Navy. And uh, he had to overcome incredible racism um, in that situation in the diving school he was at. And his, his master chief petty officer, which is played by Robert De Niro, is under orders to make sure that Brashear doesn't pass, that he fails miserably. And there's a scene where all the recruits are given this incredibly difficult task. They're in, okay, imagine diving suit, full dry diving suit, you know, big thick gloves and helmets and all the rest of it. And they're sent down to the bottom of the dock in the sea. And then they lowered down this, these components, right? Bolts and nuts and washers and bits and pieces in a bag. And they've got like four or five hours to complete this underwater. Kind of it's quite dark down there and fiddling around. And they've got to put this stuff together. But with Bashir's bag, they split the bag. And he gets all the bits just, just scatter around the seafloor. And everyone else eventually gets finished, you know, just within the time, and he's still down there. And he's still down there, and he won't come up. And he will not come up until he's finished. And he, he gathers all these bits together, and he puts them all together. And I've never fixed a bicycle with the same attitude ever again, I'll tell you, since I saw that. But it's just inspirational on patience and perseverance. Um, Love is patient. Love is kind. It's considerate. It's helpful to others. You know, unlike De Niro slitting the bag. Okay, it's compassionate, uh, where we alleviate suffering uh, for someone. Small things done with great love change the world. Small things done with great love change the world. Thirdly, it rejoices with the truth. Um, this is where the character quality of integrity comes in, I think. Living out our principles. This is about honesty, but not just being honest in our words, but being honest with our lives, living the truth, you know, being straightforward with people, being trustworthy with people in our interactions, in our relationships, in our thoughts. And that usually requires us to be honest with ourselves, self-honesty, to be authentic and to be vulnerable at times in our hearts and lives. Uh, fourthly and fifthly, it always protects and it always trusts. This is about the character quality of loyalty. Um, one of the Proverbs says that reliance on the unfaithful 
in times of trouble is like having a bad tooth or a lame foot. Neither of us want them. Okay, you think they're there to help you function, but actually when it comes to it, relying on them, and they just give way. The tooth crumbles, the foot collapses, um, an unfaithful friend, says the Proverbs. It always hopes. A hope-filled character, hopeful about the future. We have a God who enables us to be hopeful, to have that measured optimism in life, to be confident about the future, to believe uh, in people. And love always perseveres. This is where the, I think courage comes in. Okay, great quality of courage involved. Okay, whatever the danger, whatever the conflicts, whatever the discomfort, whatever the pain, courage to go through, steadfastness, determination to continue even when it's difficult. That's the agape love. You know, that's the love of Jesus going through Gethsemane and onto the cross. The courage to persevere and to push through. And then eighthly, love never fails. It can be relied on. You know, you can be consistently depended on to do what you say you'll do. Your commitment, your actions, your decisions. And so incredible sense of quality and character that comes out of this passage is really the source of anything of character really comes out of love, comes out of this. Uh, Gary Horgan, who um, heads up International Justice Mission, uh, an incredible ministry that uh, works in setting people free from justice issues. And he tells of a case in India that freed of a number of children and adults from sex slavery, sex slavery and forced labour. And the prosecuting team, they're basically a team of lawyers, uh, convinced the courts that the guilty parties should receive lengthy prison sentences. It was highly successful. It was the first of its type in that particular part of India. And it was incredible. Why? Because it took so long. Okay, it took them 6,000 hours to prosecute this one case. They often they had to travel six hours across India. Okay, and they would get to a court and they would need to deal with incredible inefficiencies within the Indian legal system. If the judge didn't show up, they wouldn't find out until they got there. And it happened frequently. Six hours there, six hours back, nothing to show for it. And it was the same with other aspects of the system uh, there, time and time again. And the team's resolve is a story of sacrifice. And the singer, Peter Gabriel, um, released a cover of a song called The Book of Love. And the first line of that song is, the book of love is long and boring. It says, the book of love is long and boring. No one can lift the damn thing. It's full of charts and facts and figures and, and some instructions for dancing. But I love it when you read it to me. Okay, the book of love is what we're looking at here. Okay, it's, it's long and boring in our lives very often. And yet, we love it when we read of it. There's something about character that we want and long for. The book of love is, is long and boring, caring for the sick. Okay, at times, bringing up kids, helping an addict, caring for the mentally ill, caring for the elderly, sitting in a South African prison, painting the Sistine Chapel. The book of love is long and boring, as is the book of character. But I love it when you read it to me and when we read it together. Let's pray.
Father, we want to thank you that you are fundamentally that God of love that we can put our faith in, that you are fuel for all that is of character and all that is of love. Lord, thank you that you you point us ahead by your spirit and by the promises, the deposit in our hearts, Lord, of what is ahead, the hope of heaven and the glory of all of that. And Lord, you call us to live lives of love in our relationships. And maybe the question for you this morning, for each of us this morning, is how much love do you want God to produce in your heart? How much love do you want God to produce in your heart? This week, this year? Because we can come to this God who transforms us. We can confess to him our lack of love. And we can receive his spirit of love into our hearts even now.